It's a new day. And all you gossiping, backstabbing, habitual haters, you're all history. History. So you can hate or hail the queen. All hail the queen. But it don't matter. But it don't matter. Because you ain't got nothing for us. You ain't got nothing for us. So as long as you live, remember this. Remember this. You can't fuck with Queen B. Queen B. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the NYA Patriot Show. Uh, this week, we have a returning guest. I uh, tried to get him on. Uh, I wanted to have this part two come out to uh, match with the part one that just recently came out. Uh, we're talking about Tool again with uh, a Hitchhiker's Guide to Truth. Uh, James, would you like to uh, introduce where you, know, you could find the show in case people didn't hear the last time? Uh, mostly these days, it's on Odyssey. All right, I I've been doing live shows on. Yeah, I've noticed that on Discord. Yeah, and good for you. Saturday nights at nine p.m. I kick off, and I go. I typically go two and a half to three hours. Right now, I'm reading a book called "Government: The Biggest Scam in History Exposed" by Etienne de la Boetti Squared, um, and kind of making my own little comments. You know, I'll stop reading and be like, okay, so. And kind of like juxtapose it, you know, to, I don't know, kind of like simple ways to reflect on the reading and the words in there and how I relate to it and what it means things, to you. What do you see in that? Sure. And things that, oh, thing, you know, things that were are mentioned in that book that are like, well, here, here's what this means. If I know, you know, some more contextual history to it where it doesn't. See, the idea of the book is that it's supposed to be like a simple way to get people to start asking questions. And sometimes I ask myself those questions and then I try to answer them live on air. And it's fun. And I'm not always correct, but that's part of the learning learning process, you know. You and, uh, and, and the book is a great backup along the way. But I'm having a lot of fun doing that Saturday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern time. I should say that Eastern Standard Time. So catching on the East Coast at 6 p.m. I mean, uh, West Coast at 6 p.m. and East Coast 9 p.m. Anyways, uh, yeah, it's been a blast. But other than that, I am on Spotify. I uh, use Anchor. So basically everywhere that Anchor puts me out, yeah. Spotify, Google, Apple, all the all the places. Yeah, the same places everybody else is on. Oh, and you can you can uh, you can hop in my Discord and chat with me there. So that's always fun too. Nice. Do you yeah. put up the uh, video on uh, Anchor to go to Spotify? Um, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. You can you can drag and drop a video file, and it'll yeah, convert they, it. Yeah. Well, no, they actually have videos playing on them now. Oh, they do. Yeah, I I signed up for them a while ago when it when it first offered it, and uh, they're called Rejects. Yeah, if you to play our stuff, you can actually see. Uh, if we upload the video, you can watch the video on your phone. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so you should do that if you have stuff. Uh, uh, I think yeah, you, I, you, you like look up like how to apply for it, and it's hmm. like a little questionnaire that you fill out, and then they'll let you know if you're eligible or not. Oh, wow. I'll have to 
definitely look into that. Yeah, I mean, just so you know, if some, somebody's listening to it on their phone and they want to look down real quick, you know, they can see what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was wondering when they would do that. So, yeah. So, so tonight uh, we will cover more of this tool stuff. All right. So before we kick it off, all right, I uh, – I gotta, I gotta make a correction here. The last episode, love it, love the, it. The last time that we spoke, I, it's not a huge error, but I, I did go back and I reviewed, I reviewed the the tapes. <laughs> I, re I reviewed the tapes, and um, I, I kind of father. <laughs> I yeah, the lie detector tests are in, the results are in. Thank you, Maury Povich. So. In any case, I, I had said something about uh, the lead singer Maynard and Tori Amos actually attending the same high school together. That was, in fact, not true. So okay. it's not the hugest mistake in the world, but for the sake of integrity and the sake of truth, that is not the truth. Uh, however, they have collaborated musically Maynard joined Tori Amos for a duet of Muhammad, my friend, during uh, something called the Rain, uh, I guess, like benefit or fundraiser or whatever. And the Rain fundraiser, something about uh, it's an acronym for like rape and incest, uh, some something to raise or raise awareness of like rape for rape victims and whatnot. And Maynard joined her uh, on a duet for that. But through their relationship, this is where things get really cool for the lead singer of Tool in his own personal life. He now runs a winery. He has a vineyard in Arizona. And part of his inspiration to really get into winemaking came from a bottle of wine that Tori Amos gave him. Uh -huh. So his you know own personal like life and his hat and his hobbies and stuff like that so that relationship there is you know there is something there. yeah yeah to let somebody like that influence part of your life right not yeah. that that has much to do with anything like occult related oh but. yeah no no you're right yeah just like something that they did impacted your life that much that's normally from somebody who's kind of close right right yeah, i get that for sure and actually, it, it's funny because there is an inoculation process in winemaking. I'm not sure, but I, I do know that the term inoculate does have something to do with winemaking. So in their latest album, Fear Inoculum, I don't know if he chose, I don't know. I, I just simply, I don't know. But there's but there's definitely that word is used in, in winemaking. So is there something there? Maybe. Is it? I don't know. But... I thought it was interesting. Yeah, was, sure, of course, yeah. You know, um, but in any case, uh, other than that, I think we're pretty much good to start off and, and kick it off. So, sure. um, so I also realized that I wasn't really talking a lot about Maynard himself. Um, I wanted to keep it more focused on the band as a whole, their music, and and everything and we still need to like remember 
that the main message is the words that are spoken in the songs because that's what we all gravitate towards and identify with. So, I mean, like it or not, the lead singer does get the, does get the attention. Um, but he doesn't really want it. (laughs) I heard he's rather, uh, like emotionless on the stage sometimes. That's not true. Uh, I've seen him live a couple of times. Um, He's not really emotionless on the stage. I mean, he, he doesn't do much, though. That's what I heard. Like he just is. Well, he's 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 uh, he's dropped the the stage act that he used to put on with the contortions and the, the the dancing and the stomping. I think he's had his hips his hips replaced. Oh shit! All right. okay. I'm pretty sure something like that. Um, but like, I mean, he's he's up there in age. He's almost sixty, so it's not like he can you know jump around like Ted Nugent, you know anymore um, you know did you ever see uh did you ever hear you've heard of typo negative right yeah i've heard that band yeah oh uh, have you ever seen them no uh the most boring fucking band unfortunately to watch they just, <laughs> you know, they just literally stand there and look like they just fucking don't want to even care don't even care but they sound amazing but they're just mm. like that. <laughs> so i will say this about about bands like that i don't know about typo negative but um the stage performance of Tool is more the lights and the like the the pictures and the and you know stuff like that uh, the light show and everything and the music itself is supposed to be the centerpiece not the shenanigans of the bandmates on stage they're not Def Leppard they're not all singing into one <laughs> mic you know um, so like when you see you get a like kind of separate it where you're seeing a band on stage you're there for the music uh for a band like tool you're there for the music you're not there to see them back to back rocking out head banging all that all that silly shit well you Uh, know it'd be almost very much like floyd you're there for the light show and the music yeah yeah you're there for the experience and knowing (laughs) knowing that danny the drummer like their their shows are a magic a, a ritual so it's about the vibrational quality of the of the music the light shows the 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 subconscious like all the imprints and everything that are coming coming through the stuff that you don't the subconscious stuff that the audience isn't necessarily picking up on but it does get carried away through those people outside Mm -hmm. of the venue and into their lives um it's a totally different experience than just listening to their albums in fact, Maynard has said, if you wanted to hear us play it like we did on the albums, you might as well have stayed home. He has said that to the crowd. I was there when he said it. Wow. And he all in the in the same in the same show, he also uh, wished the people of Massachusetts good night by saying, "Try not to." Uh, I know there's been a lot of drinking at this show, so I hope you all drive safe and try not to fuck your cousins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he, he, you know, he, he, the thing about Maynard is, is like, I mean, in his, in his, in his biography, it goes through all of these different artistic endeavors that he's had over the years, so to speak. He's tried acting, stand, like he wanted stand up comedy, like, and this isn't recent stuff. This is stuff from the, even the early nineties. Do you remember a show called, uh, well, Mr. Show, David Cross and Bob Odenkirk on HBO. 
the show called Mr. Show. So Bob Odenkirk and David Cross are two stand-up comics from the L.A. scene in the early 90s. They struck a deal with HBO. Maynard is on that show. And it's a fake band called Pussifer. Oh, I've heard of that band. So I've, heard of that real, name. I've heard of that name. It's a real band now. Okay. But back then it was fake. It was just like a, a comedy skit. And, uh, you know, so that's where that band came from. And Maynard was the lead singer of the band. Now it's a real band and Maynard is the singer of the band. It's like Maynard's own project that he can do whenever he wants. And they use his, he, he and the rest of the bandmates use their own money to put out the albums. They have their own recording studio and everything. And it's like, uh, it's some pretty heady shit. Like the, the lyrics and everything like that, they break down, you know, some pretty cool stuff. There's a song called the humbling river, which I like. Um, but we're here to talk about tool. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Another thing is uh, something I didn't give, I didn't really give enough credit to was this song off of Anima called 46 and 2. So we talked more about Carl Jung last time. What we left out is what 46 and 2 is, is uh, uh, Drunvalo Malkizadek, who is like some, uh, some kind of, I don't know, some like kind of new age philosopher, if you will. Um, and he did a lot with like sacred geometry and everything. Oh, and he, be- and, and Drunvalo Malkizadek is accredited, is credited with the, with the, uh, theory that if, so there's this thing called the Merkaba. Yeah. I've heard of, I've heard of Malkizadek and Merkaba. Right. I so, don't know anything about this stuff. <laughs> so Merkaba is um, these it's the idea of, of like a picture like an aura, right? It's like an energy field around your body, but the Merkaba is made up of tetrahedrons, which is if for you if for the listening audience or even you, Patriot, if, if a tetrahedron is think of a cube, but it's a triangle instead. Right. So it's like a, it's a pyramid. And uh, so it's about the pyramid. It's a tetrahedron and those are spinning. And they're also, they're spinning in place, also revolving around your body, creating this like force field, if you will. And the faster they're spinning, the more, the, the better it's working, I guess, something like that. Or the more, uh, the more conscious you are, the more in tune you are. And if it's slow, then you're like kind of dead in spirit, you know, and so be it tool actually has a, an instrumental song called Merkaba on their album named Salival, which came out in like 2000. It's that live album I was talking about. Um, maybe I talked to you about it. I've talked about this band so many times. They're all fucking <laughs> blending together, but it's okay. So it's, it was just interesting that you mentioned that stuff with Markaba, like with the triangles and stuff. Because like so when me and like were, were covering like kind of like stuff with the Scarlet Horror, and we were like messing around with like a lot of ideas and theories up there, like we started thinking that like uh, somehow maybe like you know the cube of Saturn is formed by triangles really instead, and it's just like reflections of light making a cube in some sense. Mm-hmm. And so like that was making me think about that, like. 
a three-dimensional triangle. I don't know. Like, could you you think you could like form a cube and something like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you wanted like to make like, a three-dimensional like type of uh, like thing in front like, of you, like within it. Yeah, like actually form like a square with a bunch of different pyramids. I suppose if you took the base of four of them and put the bases so thinking, next to each other, then the then the base, then each base with, you know, if you took a triangle, if you took a square and then put a triangle off each side of the square, then, you know, it would look like four triangles touching butts, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, because we were thinking something like that because there's like four spheres to every sphere on the tree. And I was like thinking that maybe uh you know if the cube was to be split like into four or to be done in triangles which is like reflections at the top of the tree and it was just weird shit that we were tossing around but right and then and then the four spheres for each sphere that is not like kind of like ezekiel seeing the chariots or the chariot or whatever and then uh, uh i was just reading up on this oh, like chariot's a path on the tree too actually so and uh, merkaba in uh merkaba is like something in the like Acidic Jewish tradition, it actually like means chariot. Oh wow! And like, and I guess Ezekiel, like, saw had a vision of four four beings: um, a human, an ox, uh, an eagle, and I think like a serpent. Oh. I might be wrong about the serpent, but pretty sure the other ones are are correct. And each of them had like four heads or four faces and four four oh. wings <laughs> and uh and whatever i mean that's some pretty heady shit yeah, yeah. but like but merkaba and kabbalah are related in a sense um that's something i i, I began to read up on recently so well i've heard of merkaba because of the kabbalah but i've just never mm. gone into it that but that's how i heard about it so the this melchizedek fella melchizedek is like king of means king of righteousness so it's not really his name. It's kind of a title. So Melchizedek would be like an adjective. It's like a way <laughs> to describe a person. So you'd be like, oh, you know, I'd be like James. I'll be like James Melchizedek, but I'm not. <laughs> I don't claim to be king of anything except for myself. This is um, an alter ego. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Like how would the name? <laughs> so so okay so how does this relate so merkaba and 46 and 2 so 46 and 2 46 chromosomes plus another two when we reach a higher level of consciousness by getting our merkaba to work uh, at a higher you know work correctly according to this melchizedek fella so they took that theory from melchizedek intertwined it with carl jung's theory of the shadow self and realized that working through the shadow would lead you to this higher consciousness to level out and get your merkaba to work correctly i guess and the if if everybody on the planet the idea that melchizedek had was if everybody on the planet got their merkaba to where it should be then we would evolve and gain two chromosomes and we would not be we would not be human anymore we would be the next step uh whatever comes after that's interesting so it's like a spiritual evolution i was gonna ask you what that, do you would, think that would i don't know a spiritual evolution like, that would manifest in uh the physical plane oh okay uh, maybe 
I mean, the mind and the, the mind and the body are one and the same. I mean, you got look at what we're dealing with now. We got a fucking few billion hypochondriacs running around the planet right now. You know, <laughs> so I mean, you know what I mean. So who's to say? It may not be much of an upgrade physically. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but something would happen. But like this would be this would be a better change. This would this would be a change for the better because uh -huh. you know in order to uh raise consciousness you have to be operating in truth right we know those two things run hand in hand truth and consciousness so you can't really go far in consciousness if you're living a lie or being lied to all the time you can't identify truth you're living in fear and you kind of shut down and you stagnate you're just stagnant i i don't know so but I really, yeah. So I really wanted to like go a little bit more into Melchizedek and and the and how it applies to that one song, so, or two songs, um, or actually a lot more because Melchizedek Melchizedek also uh, he also had, you know, uh, he he also had a lot of opinions and weigh-ins on the golden spiral, all these different. Uh, sacred geometry, the uh, flower of the flower of life. Um, there's a lot with this fella, Drunvalo Melchizedek. So uh, look into it for yourself because you know it, it's 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 pretty pretty neat stuff. But there's also naysayers out there that think the guy's full of shit. So I mean, you take from it what you will and. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and just kind of like use the, use the message to kind of just reflect on it and and try to just make yourself better by, you know, using that and using that as a as a tool. <laughs> That's what I would do. Mm -hmm. um, what else? So let's why don't we uh, why don't we dive into this this little this progression a little bit more that I was talking about? I know you were interested in that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. So, so when the band first comes out on the scene, the first song that they are, that that you hear. So if you listen to the discography from from the beginning to the end, from Opiate all the way to Fear Inoculum, uh, I have noticed this pattern of the album ending with themes, uh, kind of leading into the next album uh so with opiate to undertow it's not as present but it still is because it's like you're ending on this note where he's talking about religion and uh you know deaf and blind and dumb and born to follow and like how like religion as an institution can really put you in this low form of consciousness because you are in fact not thinking for yourself. You're not thinking on your own. You're being told what to think, not being taught how to think. So it's like those themes run in that song. Um, and then in the next album, Undertow, it begins with him talking about his time at West Point, uh, which what the, the slogan is, uh, don't do not lie, cheat or steal or tolerate those who do. 
and he's talking he repeats over and over again in that song intolerance uh you lie cheat and steal and i tolerate you it's about hypocrisy in the institution that he was a part of or perhaps somebody that he makes an exception for I can't say for sure exactly who he's talking about or what he's talking about in that song, but it seems it could be that he's talking about the uh, people at West Point. Um, so we go through that album and it's all about, like I said before, like undertow, these themes and these, these you know, uh, these themes of, of, you know, being at bottom and everything. Uh, there's, what the heck is the guy's name? I have it pulled up here. Uh, so, La, uh, La, Lacra Malaji. I'm not saying that right, but it's Ronald Ronald P. Vincent. Okay, I have uh, in in my Discord. I can send. Uh, can I? Uh, I can share here, right? Yeah, go for it. Okay, yep. let's Put do the video. It. Okay. Uh, yeah, if there's anything being shared. Uh... The video will pop up for this part. Okay. And move tab to a new window. All right. Am I still on with you? Yeah. All right. Sweet. And we'll just go back here to you. And then we'll share a screen. Uh, two monitors. No, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Let's see. <laughs> mm hmm Let's share this so you can see this. Yep. All right. So well, I'll make it the whole screen actually. All right. You let me know when I'm ready. When you're ready for good me to go, go, man. You're good to go. You can hear that. Very low. That sucks. No, I don't hear it. Oh shit. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Hmm. Let's try doing that earlier today, and I couldn't hear it from. Okay, well, well, that sucks, but uh, no, it's okay. So this this is basic that that was basically supposed to be a video of a, a small interview that Maynard did uh, talking about uh, Lacra Balaji, um, L A C H R Y M O L O G Y. I know I can't pronounce it correctly, but whatever. Um, it's what's his face um ronald p vincent the joyful guide to lacrum malology blah blah, blah. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's basically like yeah you know how much shit i fuck up on the occult rejects i'm like yo i don't know how to pronounce these people's names i don't even know what is. so i mean it, it's this uh this dude richard p vincent and it's basically just like a you know about like human suffering and everything like that and like working through it and facing it and and coming to terms with it accepting it and learning from it so you can defend yourself against it and recognize the recognize the pain when it's coming and like kind of like lift yourself up out of it so the album undertow is definitely about you know being at rock bottom Okay. And I think in a way, opiate is just like this way for them to get out on the scene. But that one song that self-titled that track, the, the title track from that album is really about like one way where people find themselves just kind of at the base level of consciousness by surrendering that, that, 
responsibility to another some weirdo standing at a podium reading from a book and giving you his interpretation from it but wait a minute doesn't that seem like kind of what i'm doing <laughs> but in it but in any case um a little, a little jab at myself. No, I, believe me, I've thought of shit like that before. I'm like, you know, how much, how different is this getting up on a soapbox? You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I I want to tell the truth. No, no, it. I know, I know. Yeah. But I'm saying it's you know, um, I seek to do, I seek to do that. Any, but um, yeah. So Undertow goes through that and everything. But the last song on Undertow is a song called Flood, and it's all about this purging of of all of this of all of this suffering of all of this negative shit and uh there are some more ambiguous tracks on the album but we don't really need to go get get into that you know but flood which is the last track so we're going from beginning to end here that's all about like one of the you know one of the core uh lyrics from that song has to do with like questioning your questioning your existence questioning your motives your own your own position and maybe realizing that it wasn't what you were what you were told wasn't what you were taught wasn't what you initially thought it would be so there's this cleansing a cleanse cleanse and purge in the water and you know so the album ends on that note and then the next album anima begins that album is their third album and they didn't want to be this you know burnt out band by their third album so they drew a lot from bill hicks in that album in fact uh the song anima was is a tribute like the whole album they dedicated it to bill hicks um and they used some of bill hicks's stand up in the recording of third eye uh which is the last song on that album but throughout that album it goes through this well i was at bottom i might still be there i'm not quite sure but i know i want to go up i don't want to go backwards i want to go forwards that's kind of a motif like like kind of the the motif of the album where you see all these themes kind of overlapping where it's like i'm still at this angry stage and i realize that i'm like i fucked up and i i don't want to be there anymore so how do i get out how do i move forward you know so on that album we have songs like stink fist which is like a song about you know uh desensitized feelings and not coming to terms with what reality might really be being you know uh, sheltered and everything like that then there's tributes in that album you know but that album came out maynard was expecting a, a child um yeah you know so there's a song on there about about that i believe there's some more esoteric stuff in in that album too um you know from some of the stuff that you, i remember you telling me the last time and like just thinking about some of the imagery and uh like what you know the ideas and some of the things it almost uh, to me sometimes like I wondered if he's like trying to put the image of like the shadow work aspect of magic um, in the music. 
like a progression of like actually the realizations and fucking things you have to come to grips with psychologically to really move on you know to be really you have to have to have a pretty much good understanding of probably saying i don't know fucking anything you know like yeah. Probably, yeah to that extent you know what i'm saying and right it almost sounds like kind of you know uh to an extent maybe he's like talking about that stuff in his music oh absolutely absolutely it's all about you know i i have sort of like a dark night of the soul type shit you know what i'm saying well i mean it, it he's definitely he is definitely putting things in his lyrics about his own suffering uh, so. the suffering of family members things that are going on in his life that he's trying to work through it's definitely a personal experience for him wow yeah. uh i mean from you know just reading the books that i've read on the on the band and him in particular it, if those if those books are telling the truth which i can't find any other books and there's there's you know there's interviews here and there that you can get information from but it seems that he definitely is putting things out there about his own personal life and trying to work through them and people that identify with that are going to gravitate toward it of course like that's how it all works um so i mean yeah. he's definitely into magic he's definitely into things like the tarot and sacred geometry and like all this esoteric symbolism you know he's definitely into that stuff you know what i uh, me and Lex have said uh before that you know we think a lot of these people that get recognized or do well like in the music like i would consider tool pie part of this or then like you know you could look at like stanley kubrick uh in film i think that they were just so good at showing their own maybe personal uh ideas of occultism but like taking like stories and and putting it onto the screen or into music in their own way that people may not even realize it. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, they were really good at putting out such a descriptive way of what they're trying to explain that people misunderstood it. You know what I'm saying? Like it was really too good. Like I think a lot of stuff that like Kubrick puts in his movies, like I, I do think he's telling you a lot. You know what I'm saying? But the average person isn't going to see that shit. I mean, like, like what your friend Sean does. Nobody, you know, he's the only person I know that fucking, he's very good at that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, not everybody's going to see shit that he does in, in that dude's movies. And it's fucking really impressive. And, you know, I think that's what I'm getting at is that, you know, the odds are people will see this shit and take it for the wrong way. And then it ends up like kind of just sucking. But, um, yeah. I, I think, I, I think that Tool would be in there with maybe, him talking about his personal experiences in the music well i mean that's what makes that's what makes these these bits of art so good is well that's it, what it, i was gonna get at yeah, yeah. because they they're so passionate about it and they really um if you know half-ass anything about magic and i think you actually have some sort of like uh, umph in you to create something and that you're proud of and that you have emotion into you can be a very very successful person mm-hmm I mean that's like the core philosophy of it isn't it like to to generate change to you know change the your mental position and kind of use that to change the physical 
yeah. that you know, in a way, that's like some of the, a lot of magic is is like alchemy. You know, it's not you're not literally. I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm, but you're not literally changing lead to gold. It's all about your mind. You know. Thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. Well, I mean, yeah, I really do agree with that. Some people I know will think differently, but I really do think it's more mental change or even from spirit from the flesh i mean so right. that's, that's a physical change right it's not, it's not i wasn't turning my uh sterling silver bracelet into a gold right you know it, it's it, i think that's what it is you know it's like mental lead into gold you know yeah there's even magic books that even allude to that and yeah. I, i've known people who've spent uh months and months actually literally trying to change uh yeah stuff so, from one thing to the next and not having much success so these these like these these like uh public interpretations of this stuff can work it can work in both ways where it can be where it can be you know further it can further obfuscate things or it can be telling the truth and get people interested to look more into it like for me for instance i didn't take tools lyrics and music at face value uh. i didn't want to I wanted to look more to see what they were saying and try to figure it out for myself. And here I am. And then there's other things out there, you know, along the way that kept me interested. And one thing, not to sidetrack too much, but one thing in particular was this anime cartoon from back in 2003 that I watched in 2003 called Full Metal Alchemist. And in. And in that show, it's all about equivalent exchange. It's all, it's like uh, about transmutation circles and like seeing this. Didn't, didn't seeing the cover this. of that have like some chick riding some like animal or something or some like bird or something? Um, no, 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 no. It's about two brothers, the Elric brothers, and they do this human transmutation where they try to bring their mother back to life and their laws of equivalent exchange. Uh, you know take place and one of them loses their body and the other one loses a uh, a limb and then he brings the the soul of the, the brother that lost his body back and grafts it to a, a uh, he uses alchemy again to bring the soul back from the other realm back oh. into the physical world and like grafts it onto this metal suit of armor and then loses another limb in the process and then they go and try to get their bodies back and that's what the whole show is about and now they can use alchemy without using transmutation circles and he's known as the full metal alchemist because he's a little guy and somebody being calling somebody full of metal means that they're that they're easily like triggered <laughs> they fly <laughs> off the handle pretty quick it's something like that as well but i mean it's pretty neat that show is well, pretty neat transmutation there is like from the spirit to flesh again mm -hmm. something you know, that's yeah. I really do think uh, people should think of that as an option more. The you first know? time, the first time I ever saw anything resembling the tree of life was in that show. Oh wow! That, okay. Yeah, that that other realm that I was talking about. To get there, you have to go through the door of truth, and on the door of truth is something resembling the Kabbalah tree of life. <laughs> oh man, that's wild! That's wild. <laughs> so I mean, these things they're they're put in they're they're put into so many different things right and like i said it could either be an obfuscation or it could be something to be like hey like this is just a story but these things exist you know alchemy really exists it doesn't just exist in a fucking kids show you know uh, that was nearly 20 years oh. ago that i first heard i was like what's alchemy no way <laughs> like you know like it, that's but that's 
it's all about the person watching or listening and what they do with that and what they what they take on for themselves because it's a task you know they you can either uh, look more into it or you can ignore it you know you know i i you know you were talking about this now and it made me think of like even myself well exactly what you're saying right here like i i do shit like this with david lunch all the time <laughs> like if i have like you know, a half hour to like do nothing or just like you know let me just like stare at the fucking tv or something i'll put his shit on I'd be like, let me look at this again and maybe see if I could see something I didn't see like the last 20 times I watched it. And uh, I was I was going through like Missing Pieces, which is like uh, Twin Peaks, uh, like everything that was edited out of like the, the two seasons. And they have like, uh, you know, all that stuff. And um, some of them are actually, in my opinion, probably the, the most weirder and occulted stuff, actually, than what you've even seen in the shows. And... Uh, there's one part where it shows them like in a uh, a bar and they're going upstairs and they're going to like this other room and it says like the power and the glory and i think it's even written like in the same color as like blue and red or something like that and i'm like yo i was like that literally just showed them like going up to like those spheres on the tree of life like going higher up going up the tree because that's where that's the chest setting gabor is the power and the glory yeah you do that on the kabbalistic cross it's the power a, of glory, yeah. It's everywhere. It, and I was it, like, I wonder if they took that out because they thought maybe it was too obvious. Like, is that why it was a missing pieces? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I just wanted to like it, you know, because I, I, I'm sure uh, all that other stuff probably got taken out because it neither would come off too weird or it was showing too much. Right. Some of his other weird shit. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like, whoa, let's dial it back, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that was a bit like Sean was telling me like that was like a big thing to do with Kubrick like they constantly he he would be like at odds like especially with uh from what I took about oh, like final cut and shit like that right yeah always yeah. yeah see Lynch goes through that shit all the time too that's why he says it, it will take a while sometimes if he doesn't do the movie himself that's mm -hmm. why he, he'll art you know he will not he says he will not do stuff like that if he doesn't get it because because yeah. then, then it's not your work anymore like when i guess when kubrick was doing eyes wide shut he had a lot of problems yeah. like you know getting things into that film like they wanted to do they wanted to do uh i don't it took know like 40 minutes didn't they i i, I can't i can't recall i don't want to like sean's gonna hear this and he's gonna be like <laughs> no, he's, no, he's no, gonna no. be screaming at the radio <laughs> he's gonna be like no is this well, we definitely edited it we can all agree on that yeah I remember Sean saying something about the production process and getting the films out for Kubrick was always a task because of the way Kubrick, you know, how he put things into his films, especially if, if not, then especially for, uh, uh, eyes wide shut. Um, but tool. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry about that. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, we got time, is, I'm not in a rush. So you don't have to worry. Yeah. About it. All right. Sweet. Yeah. Um, I'm not, yeah. I'm not stressing. So Anima was kind of like these these first steps out of the uh, out of the out of the shit, if you will, <laughs> you know, where it's like here are the problems that we've had. We're gonna speak out about them, and we're gonna move forward, you know. So you got things about you know. Uh, like too much television that was like one of the first things like stink fist is like all about that you know um yeah yeah like desensitized to everything what became a subtlety like things like that like i i take that's what i take away from the song stink fist 
there's a lot of like sexual innuendos and stuff like that worked into it because at the end of the day maynard wants to from from reading you know the biography he always wanted to find a way to incorporate comedy into metal into rock and roll so through his lyrics through the song titles and things like of that nature he incorporated comedy in there but with more of like a subtle like spiritual consciousness based type of presentation but wanted to kind of be funny about it because like it or not if you can kind of giggle at something you're much more receptive to it and you're gonna be like oh yeah you know instead of being off like off you know standoffish about it and being like fuck you you know what i mean like how a lot of people are these days grow up it's just supposed <laughs> to be funny and thought-provoking <laughs> so um but that song that that album goes through this kind of opening up you know and and kind of a release in my in my opinion of of some bad stuff a yearn for change and a uh, an eagerness to explore how to change and the and the album rounds out with this song called third eye oh. and third eye is is a is a big deal so that's your anya chakra your your pineal gland right uh -huh. right there in the middle of your forehead possibly set back about an inch from your brow is a pineal gland and it looks like a little pine cone it's the only it's the only gland that it that's the only gland perfectly on center your entire body it's the only one in your entire body that's perfectly on center yo i was and, watching not to interrupt you but i was watching because you mentioned pine cone like again like i, I mentioned that i fucking watch lynch just for fucking random reasons you know time times and i constantly uh i put it on last night because now like my wife is almost like getting interested into it now because i think like she's starting to like catch the things i'm telling her and she's understanding it a little bit more but like they show him like on the third season every time they're playing in the bar there's a fucking pine cone at the other end of the microphone and i told her i said you think that's just there just for fucking show there's no reason i said this is how people say shit and others don't understand at all so fucking pine cone is at the end of that microphone for a reason yeah 90 of the people are having, have no fucking idea you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the pine cones. Everywhere. Oh, he's just being weird, <laughs> you know. But with Lynch, I'm sure that's there for a reason. If it's at the opposite end of a pine cone. Yeah, that's some. I mean, that's, that's some. That's, that is some. Uh, some deep, <laughs> deep knowledge there. A lot of people don't understand. Yeah. You know, like the pine, the the pineal gland can become calcified with the intake of fluoride. And so that's just you know, little. <laughs> little how you doing on that <laughs> you know? it's keeping it locked in it's in its little shell even more mm -hmm. so in my uh so third eye so the pineal gland is all about like this is all about like consciousness higher higher state of consciousness higher frequency and uh and being able to see with your third eye right being able to see and and tap into that and be connected um and so the song third eye is all about prying it open forcibly forcibly prying it open as if to say i can't take this anymore i need to get out there's something yeah. like i i can't do this anymore yo see do you remember when i was talking about the beast the last time how i was saying that that's how i was explaining it? 
and I think maybe you got confused, but this really is a good example. Hmm. You're trying to pry that shit open because you're like, I'm tired of this shit. I yeah. want out of this system. That yeah. is like the Kundalini rising, and, and you know, some people will also call it the beast. Oh, well, no bal problem. off balanced, it's not good because then it's just destruction, and it's you know, it still has to be balanced, right? You no, know? right. And that's how that's, yeah, that's, and that's yeah. what I was trying to get out last time. It's just like that is like the inner spirit of strength. It's like, yo, this shit's got to end. I can't do this. This world's fucked up or some shit. You know, something's yeah. got to change. Something's got to change. Yeah. And it, like, so how does, how does one pry open their third eye? I mean, well, I mean, entheogens for one that can, that can certainly pry open your third eye. Things like DMT, LSD, psilocybin, uh, you yeah. know? Yeah. That's uh, what a lot of people say, man. Peyote, you know, things like that. In fact, peyote is mentioned in the song. Um, phosphorescent desert buttons is one of the, <laughs> is how it's referred to in the song Third Eye. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's um, funny. I definitely would already know what that means if I read that. I, can mm -hmm. I would know what that means. Yeah. And, and so, so, uh, so the album kind of ends off with this. I mean, but anything done through forest can also cause harm. So it's one of those things where you got to be careful. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I've had my fair share of experience with entheogens in my life and you do, you need to be careful. So, uh, prying it open can also cause harm mm -hmm. and you might not like in, in the sense where you might not like what you see. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, that's a thing that, um, me and Lux were recording the Scarlet Horse series part four today. And nice. That was the main thing that I was getting at. Uh, I ended up telling like a whole long experience of like just from you know, one of my magical experiences. And I said the problem, one of the biggest issues that I had also with the secret society stuff I said is that if you really do have like a magical experience, um, like a real one, in my opinion, it's going to change your life forever. You're not going to be the same person anymore. Yeah. And they do not tell you that that is a possibility at all. And I think that's fucked up because you could change and not understand what happened or go and have an experience and maybe be told by somebody else, something else. Or, you know, I just think it's, it's just very shady, very fucking shady. Yeah. Of what? Like the, the, I just think like, I don't I think it's just very, uh, I don't think they really explain like the magnitude of like, you know, if, if, you know, having a magical experience really is separating your soul from your body, you know, that's uh, coming back from that is going to change your life forever. You know, having that experience was going to make the world around you be like, well, this does not make sense at all anymore. I've been fucking eating lies because the way I've believed this world, this shouldn't be fucking possible. So it's like, you know, that's kind of rough for some people to fucking take. You know, I think that's very hard, and uh, they don't tell you none of that. When you, if at least I didn't, nobody ever said anything it was ever going to be that fucking intense. Do you, you think know? that the Do you think that the people that that's not rough on are perfectly fine remaining ignorant even after such an experience? Like they come back and they're just like, yeah. Oh uh, no, no, you know, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I know other people who have had shit like that. You know, same experiences, just not done in the same you know uh, same way you know not ceremonial magic but uh um i think it's just very it can be very rough on people if they don't know what they're experiencing you know because you can be very alone 
you know, because you could even mm -hmm. try to talk to somebody else about it and they have the father's fucking idea about magic at all. And they're going to think you sound fucking nuts. And then if you go yeah. tell somebody who might be a little fucked up and they're like, oh, okay, you did something actually pretty fucking impressive. I might tell you that was this and that and that. And maybe we can, you know, use you for something and you won't even know. You know, it's, it's just, it's just a very, like, yeah, it's a very, uh, you know, that's why I think that these things are not something that you need to join. I think if you're going to have these experiences, they need to be just between you and God. Yeah, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, it really is like a personal experience Yes, because it, like you just said, like, it's not happening to anybody else, but you. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, like what should, what, how should anyone else have the right to tell you what to take away from it? You work yeah. through it in your own time. You do some of that more, some more shadow work because it's never ending. Yeah, and, yeah you're, you're right. You're right. Never ends. It never, never ends. ends, but it's not like you sit there and bitch about it all day, but like you, you know, you just take it on the chin every now and then and you work through it. And, you know, it's one of the only times you can really say like, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and keep fucking going. Yeah. Like there's some stuff where it's like, no, dude, I need a shoulder right now. I need, I need an ear, you know, something like that goes on in every one of our lives. And it's perfectly fine because that's what makes us such a great community is the ability to listen, the ability to speak and, and be there for one another, you know, like, like not just like the community of podcasters or the people that listen or this truth community, these truth seekers that, that we're a part of, but us, that that's like a microcosm and we need to have that reflected out into the larger scale. Yes. Yeah. And that's a very big deal these days where people are so fucking bent out of shape about every little thing. It's like, can we just get back to being there for one another caring? Cause care is almost dead. Yeah. No, it is something right. that a lot of people have fucking forgotten about. And I, I, I see it in I mean, the true sense. Yes. That is lost. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 feel like uh, I totally agree with you on that, man. But yeah, it's 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 sad. It's like a sad. It's like a sad world right now. But it doesn't have to be like that forever. So no, just, like, I think just be hopeful. But like, I, I don't know anything about like the secret society stuff and and like ritual magic and and things like that. Like, I don't really know much about that stuff. Like, um. So I I I feel like like I I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Sorry, I, but like I mean, at the same time, I kind of like get it, where it's like because I've had experiences like on entheogens. I've had experiences in my life where like not even not even fucked up or anything, like just perfectly straight edge, and like just things that just like made me go, "What the fuck was that?" Like out of body experiences. And things like that where it's just like <laughs> made me go what the hell just happened to me and it's like uh, i can't really talk to anybody about this no one's gonna believe me and i just gotta figure it out on my own you know uh, but it's incredible what it can like what what entheogens can do to to help and it's even weirder that like you gotta know how to do it <laughs> to like have it help you know you can't just go it's not a party thing people think that it is but it's it's really sh it really shouldn't be it's a no really you know what i have a friend and i mean i won't give out his name i'll just you know, do it sorry and i and i think you're right because like really i hate to say it from the from me just listening to his story i'm like i don't think this sounds as good as you 
think thought it came out, but um, he was telling me that he knew somebody who just got their license to be able to do like a DMT as like, I forgot whatever therapeutic reason. I don't remember what reason it is, but they got a license to be able to use that and it controlled like, uh, you know, I guess the session. Mm -hmm. And the person came to his house and dosed like three or four people. I think it was four people and they all kind of hung out and, uh, it's just like, you know, one of them like seemed like it was horrible for him. The other one was like a kind of all right. And then my boy, he's like, unfortunately, he was one of those ones where it's like, I think they misunderstood everything. And uh, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, you, you ever get uh, it's very maybe misdelusioned about what the experience was. Uh, I'm not trying to sound like a dick, but uh, I just don't think uh, he was like, you ever have people that I like kind of like interpret shit just to the way that they want it to sound. So it goes along with their life that they're living at the time. Yeah, they live. They, they, yeah, just, they live in there. Like, oh yeah, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. It's oh like, yeah, totally ego based. Stop, stop. Come on. You, I, yeah, I know who you are. You know. So I just felt like you know I just got this you know I don't know whatever story from the dude. But it, when I looked at the you know the whole night of events for everybody, I was like, this didn't sound like it turned out really that well. <laughs> like maybe you should have stuck to just like two people or one. It's like, are you sure you want to go around telling this story? <laughs> like you ask that, you're like, this doesn't yeah, seem like something you want to tell people. At first, about. I was like, yo, let me know about that next time they do it. And after he told me that, I was like, yeah, I'm not even gonna fucking know. Right. Oh, <laughs> sometimes. Like, so, I mean, I tend to do it by myself. Oh, I've never, I've never done it. So I was like, oh, well, if it's in a controlled situation, maybe I'll try it. I heard oh, that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I think it's exciting. <laughs> well, not DM, not DMT. I don't think I, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't recall ever doing DMT. But I, I know that I, uh, I tend to do entheogens by myself, like oh. at, uh, LSD and psilocybin. I'll just be by myself doing it. I don't want to oh, feel so attached to anybody. Mushrooms, mushrooms by yourself, I think, is is pretty handleable. Actually, you know, you can. I've had oh, experiences yeah. when I was younger, a long time ago. I've actually had some more, uh, I guess, memorable and like impressionable uh, experiences. I think by myself on mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. Um, For like a positive, you know, in a positive sense. Yeah, I, I have too. You know, uh, very much so. And I'm not like trying to promote it or anything, but for me, that was my experience. Oh, I'm promoting it. Sure. <laughs> no, you can. You can. <laughs> I'm definitely I'm definitely promoting it, but you got to be careful. You know, I'm not a doctor, uh, certainly not, uh, but not a, not in that sense. You know, like uh, I, but I definitely definitely promote it. I think that it's a way that that if done under the right circumstances in the right environment and possibly under the right supervision, if you so deem it necessary, then it can be very healing. Yeah. Uh, and that brings us back to that third eye song about that, about, about using it to heal where it's like, you know, it, it, so it's the final song on that album about, about lifting yourself up out of the shit. And now like we go down to, we go over to lateralis, which is the next album. And it's like, okay, now you're out of the shit. What, like, how do we get further out of it? How do we make sense of it now that we're a little bit out of it? And what do we do once we're there? You know, like, <laughs> Now we know all about this stuff and you know, it's just another for like, so third eye is about prying it open and reaching this higher state of consciousness. And then when you get to lateralis, it's talking about, you know, 
alchemy. It's talking about sacred geometry. It's talking about, you know, uh, it's talking about like nature, like the Fibonacci sequence. It's talking about all these, all these wonderful, wonderful things. Uh, it's talking about the universe, talking about planets. Uh, uh, you know, it's talking about what all the album was that? that what? Um, Lateralis, well, Opiate, Undertow. It's their fourth album. Okay. Uh-huh. Then they have six. They have six right now. Because I, I know, like, there's uh, there's one of the OTO degrees that I think kind of represents the uh, kind of like maybe the closed third eye of like the heaviness of it. And I was wondering if it was the same number, but it's not. Hmm. Just saying. Yeah. No, because he does seem to be very. Uh, I don't know, OTO, OTO ask maybe like in his like progression in the initiations in a sense a little bit actually. Well, there's a lot of um, there, there's a lot to do with tarot and Danny Carey, the drummer. We like we talked about. He is very much into uh, Alistair Crowley. Yeah, he told uh, me that. that's right. Yeah, and Kenneth Grant. Oh yeah. So uh, he's he owns books by those guys uh he draws the unicrossal hexagram on his drums yeah i think you told me about that i think you said one time he had like a, a square on there too like a magic square or something. The sa- yeah the satyr square you <laughs> that's you, wild <laughs> you you taught me about that you with uriel written on the satyr yeah, square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has that on his snare drum uh awesome. well he did that at one point in time <laughs> and uh they they draw the they they draw the seven pointed star, uh, so like the heptagram, like this. Yeah, yeah, yo, that's so funny. We were talking about that today on uh, on the Scarlet War too. We mentioned we brought up that symbol. They'll have that on stage, like up okay. like a huge one on stage. They have it's it on the all their yeah, two of they the have, star card. Yeah, they have it on all their t shirts. Like on their sleeve, on their T-shirts, like right over here, oh, like, a little, wow. like a little one, like probably about like that, like the size of like a, a quarter, you know, maybe oh. no, maybe bigger, but it, it's, probably, yeah, fifty-seven <laughs> piece, you know, <laughs> fuck it, buffalo nickel, <laughs> buffalo nickel, holy shit. So, um, <laughs> uh. And you know things like that, like and that started when they start when they use, started using the seven pointed star was when uh, Lateralis was released. So I mean the seven pointed star. So the the number seven is like very prominent with this band. Okay, they don't quite have seven albums yet, but they got a record deal after only playing seven shows. Ah. Oh. They got a record deal after playing seven shows. <laughs> that's insane. Like wow. that, 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 that doesn't happen. So like, that's just one thing. And then, you know, the number seven, there's a song called Tempest off their last album. And the first T in the word is actually just a seven. So it looks like seven Empest, but it's Tempest with a seven instead of the first T. T is, yeah. So on the Septarian cipher, there are two number sevens, the G and the T. 
So it's very strange. Yeah. Seven also would go with the female presence too on the tree of life. Hmm. That would be like the maiden, you know, she could be sexually tempting. Interesting. Seven. Yeah. Seven go with that. Yeah. Yeah. And like they they uh yeah, so I mean that that number seven there, that's um like yeah, the there's so many things with that number too. I mean, they, they yeah. could be the seven planets, or yeah, all sorts of shit. Seven, seven deadly sins, or seven hermetic principles, the seven, seven bodily, yeah, the seven astral bodies recognized by the original alchemists. Like so many yeah. different fucking things. Like you know, yeah. the number sevens, like those seven is like the number of divinity, or then seven, 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 per the perfect man. You know, or six, six, six is just one short, <laughs> you know, so all sorts of different things with the number seven that just like intertwine and they see these, you know, they see these geometrical patterns and everything like that, the sacred geometry and whatnot. They work it into their album art, into their music and everything like that. I'm certainly convinced that the numbers game is being played from beginning to end of these fucking albums with their music theory. I, I don't oh, know God. music theory. I, I Like I said last time, I really wish I did, but I am fucking certain that it's in there. Like, you know. Man. You know, I have heard a band saying that they will do timing and certain shit to go along with that stuff. Yeah. Like, as if it's like. Um, I think even Slayer admits that. And I know, I like I said, uh, the guy from uh, Megadeth, I mean, he, he admits that they did specific shit in their music to go along with shit. Like, right. Like I, I've heard that in that song Lateralis that Danny carries like the the drum uh, the drumming is done to to Phi, so I mean uh, I think I heard something like that and then you know um, I don't know how to how to make any sense of the music theory about any of it but it's yeah, interesting okay. nonetheless uh, it's got to be in there somewhere and you know the numbers game is like you know numbers are very powerful uh, tools. To, to to use um but yeah i mean in lateralis i mean you start off with so the interesting thing about lateralis is that you can play it from beginning to end and like just have it on have it on repeat and you can't after a couple of times you can't tell i mean of course you know because you have the track listing and you remember the first time that you listened to it and the the order in which the songs were played the first time but the way the first song starts and the last song ends, they loop into each other. Oh, wow. Nice. So it sounds like an elevator, <laughs> you know, rising and falling, the rising at the beginning and falling at the end. It's like this way to. I like just, that, though. You can just loop the whole album together. And there is something called The Holy Gift, where you take that album. You rearrange the songs in a certain way, and the time, uh, the the like the, the tracks, the time, how much time it takes each track, it actually goes along with the Fibonacci sequence or something along those lines. Uh, there's a so it's called the Holy Gift, and it's a reorganizing of the the album Lateralis by Tool, and you can find it on YouTube just type in holy gift and and somebody did it and put it up and you can listen to it and it's it's yeah. pretty pretty cool um the reason why it's called the holy gift is because of the song Par uh, parabola and it's like that this is the our experience here is a holy gift you know um 
And in that song, Parabola, one of the, the famous lyric is alive. And he shouts this word, alive. All of this pain is just an illusion. Okay. Oh. And that comes up later uh, in, in my little breakdown here. Uh, like that that comes up later so alive is kind of like an that word is kind of like an anchor much like bands uh, this band is very particular with its with its lyrics so when you start hearing words repeating from one song to another over the course of albums you kind of like go wait a minute that was talked about on this other song on this other album <laughs> so what if i kind of go back and forth with these you know and play them next to each other or whatever that's or, wild or yeah. what, and whatever and sometimes it kind of works out and then you hear of course it's the same band over the course of you know six albums so there's going to be you know time changes there's going to be chord progressions and everything that that run along the same like key or notes and and whatnot and you can play around with the with the songs like i have uh in the past this new album that they have called fear inoculum there's a song called numa on fear inoculum and then there's another song called um intention uh so it's not like intention like intent but it's like you're saying you're in tension like tension like t-e-n-s-i-o-n and it's like okay. in intention but it's spelled like you're supposed it's 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 funny like they do that kind of stuff like you know so if you play intention and then play numa you're in for like 18 minutes of pretty cool music and the songs like intention is off of is is like off of the previous album but like over the course of two albums you take two songs and put them next to each other and they sound like they're supposed to be together oh that's fucking wild yeah <laughs> they sound like they're supposed to, even the lyrics match up imagine like, 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 even... like, like well, let's make a new album and let's look at our old shit and see how we can pull out new stuff from that but like <laughs> see the thing is is that uh, this whole progress this whole progression is a reflection wow. of the learning curve that the that the bandmates are going through in the and and the uh, you know how they're putting it into their music so i mean they are not here to just pump out records and headbang they want to have their music be a reflection of the things that they're learning and going through in their lives that's why it takes them so fucking long to put out a goddamn album you know life life gets in the way you know what i mean so i mean and they want to make good music well the best way to make good music is to put your life into it right i mean oh no i i agree with what you're saying for sure yeah i mean Especially, I mean, if there's a, you know, not all, uh, who knows what people are going to think about this, but, you know, not all occultism. I mean, if you, you can do it for a positive reason to learn yourself and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Right. Trying to promote people to do this shit. But I mean, I, I know I don't, I've never really looked into tool, but I mean, you know, sometimes a lot of shit and it's just how it's been portrayed and society looks at it, you know, like sometimes you can be showing stuff that looks dark and it's really all not that dark um you know for all you know the, you know this guy tool you know th these guys could just be telling you their story of like going through uh, their own and magic within one, oneself you know through their journey through their experiences and you know how they're trying to uh, you know go up the tree you know what i'm saying yeah 
No, is that is that what they're doing? It's just trying to they're coming together and trying to paint a picture of their experiences in that in their music. You know, so is it really, you know, you know, sometimes people will be like, Oh, well, this is fucking horrible, you know, they're Satanists, they're trying to manipulate you. Maybe they're really not. Maybe they're just telling you a story. Sometimes identify with that, you know, somehow in your own other way. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I'm think just that looking at it from you know from standing back from it because I really don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't know these people. I don't know their intentions. And I haven't studied this stuff, so I'm just taking a guess. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's just a a not. Maybe it's just a story. Their ex, their experiences, and that's it. And they're not trying to push anything on anybody. Well, I mean the the. Uh, the uh, record industry and Hollywood and that whole entire like Western seaboard of this continent, like, uh, you know, it's just filled to the brim with Satanists. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, so it's like, how do we separate? Yeah, how do you discern which is, and which is right? How do you separate the wheat from the chaff? No, you know? I understand that. Yeah. So it's like, you know, of course there's going to be, and when you're, and when you're that low, like you're you're there you're in you're in a satanic mindset and you don't even realize it it's not you're not following anton Lavey into the church of satan but you're still a satanist yeah, you know mindset, that's very good that you said you can be the mindset of one and not even realize it but how many people are walking around right fucking now in a satanic mindset and they they think that they're good there doesn't have to be really a god involved with that it's just the way you actually think in your program Right, it's just you know, it's a very right. up mindset. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's whether or not you're acting morally or not, like objective morality, or are you, do you think morality is subjective because it's not? <laughs> 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 I mean, it's not <laughs> at all. Morality is objective. You know, people need to know that they need to they need to come to terms with that. And the pushback on that is due to fear. It's due to it's due to you know just like total lack of willpower. I agree. You know, so I mean, listening audience, take that for what you will. Please reflect on that. If there's if there's anything, if there's anything that you ever hear me, James Cordoner, say about anything at all, you can rip me apart about my ideas of this music. You can rip me apart about any other idea. One thing remains true because truth does exist. Morality is objective. And you need to learn the fucking difference. If you think that it's not true, shut the fuck up and listen. Class is in session. <laughs> like seriously, I don't like sounding like this, but these people that these people like some people out there that moral relativism is going to kill our our, our species. It's going to it's going to be the downfall of every opportunity of freedom that we have, and people need to stop participating in moral relativism. It just needs to happen. Truth is just truth. That shit is just going to keep on changing and changing and changing. Hmm. Rant uh, over. <laughs> no, no, that's very good. Very. Good. I mean, I'm listening. If people are listening to my show, I don't think that's going to bother them. What you just. Uh, said. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know? no, I mean, if they're, they're still listening to me, I mean, I'm, I'm sure uh, that that didn't bother them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and don't be like I was like five years ago, like timid as fuck talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other. That's the last part. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I guess, uh, uh, so, um, 
yeah so we're we're talking about lateralis uh so that song uh parable and per, and parabola it's like a two-part song it's like a, it's fucking long it's great so it's all about like you know mindfulness and like it's just that next step of like you know consciousness coming to a, a higher frequency and uh he mentions and he says that song alive and it's like the first time uh in that album and the way that it's said is stands out it stands out big time so i mean later on you hear that word again in another way where it stands out and where it's the only time it's said uh and i, I believe it's the only time that it's said in the other album fear inoculum um remind me when we get there but this band does that type of stuff so in the song reflections that i read last time talks about crucifying the ego oh okay and the so that was off a lateralis but their previous album anima there's a song where he talks about to ascend you must die you must be crucified so it's very enigmatic the first time you hear the word crucify be referenced in the on in the album anima but you don't really know like what the fuck? like what who, who's you what needs to be crucified but then you find out in lateralis that it's the ego that needs to be crucified so it's kind of like a and now you said lateralis was their sixth one lateralis is their fourth oh four, what did I say? Mm -hmm. and then there's ten thousand days and ten thousand days is you know it picks up uh, it brings you back to reality um it brings you back to the real world uh, to the physical plane right so we're talking about this this spiritual progression oh, ten thousand days mm-hmm yeah, well, ten, 10 could be malkuth so that would be bringing it back home right and, and we know that we we know from lateral from the from the album lateralis that there's definitely you know the you know the tree of life is worked in there also the kabbalah i mean not the of the tarot um is worked in there so in that song the grudge when he says choose one or ten could he be talking about the tarot cards you know uh which which ones are they um the fool right and then number 10 is the wheel of fortune yes the wheel of fortune so you know take that so choose what, what are the uh what are the meanings behind those cards you know choose between those two um but then ten thousand days like that song the grudge that he talks about choose one or ten also mentioned saturn we talked about that last time and then we talked about the saturn revolution being approximately ten thousand days in some change but also it's about his mother and how long she suffered for after having an aneurysm when he was 11 years old and that song jimmy off of anima when he's talking about 11 under a dead ohio sky 11 is then and will be waiting uh he's talking about that night where she had her stroke and he found her and the, the ambulance came and took her away he was 11 years old and he just wants to like have that change you know like he uh, or, or something like that he just like wishes it never happened that man took care of his mother um after she had her stroke it was a bad scene uh it's not easy doing that um i know from experience it's not easy doing that witnessing that happen to your mother is not an easy thing to get through i know from experience and so this man's hurting 
a lot through his childhood and growing up. And uh, so he wrote, like he they they like write this album and they make it a tribute to her because she passed away and and everything. But there's some songs on that album about you know some real world shit. They talk about you know at the beginning of the album they talk more about uh, they talk more about. Um, you know the television screen people you know back then it was mp3s mp3 players and stuff like that smart you know smartphones weren't really a thing back in 2006 uh but like you know how people want to live vicariously through the television you know Mm -hmm. talking about tragedy and people pay attention to tragedy you know that's what's on the news all the time and that's what's going to grow fear it's so and yeah and like that's it's going to put you in this low frequency of consciousness you know it's like come on like and he says we shouldn't have to say this all again like it's like what's it going to take to get you assholes to listen (laughs) so then that's ten thousand days right and like there's a song about dmt and you know alien abduction and stuff like that uh on that song it's called rosetta stoned so like the Rosetta Stone, isn't that like uh, fuck it? I I should have oh, I myself. Well, but too, right? I used to know what it was. It's like some. It's like some like. Uh, isn't it like the Sumerian thing or whatever? I thought it was like some yeah something to do with some older language. Yeah, and translating it was a bitch. That's why that 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 uh that language program that you can get for yeah, your computer called- is called Rosetta Stone. Yes. Yeah. So, like, I, that's how I remember it. Like, something about translating the Rosetta Stone was like difficult because it, you know. But in any case, like that song is called Rosetta Stoned. It's kind of cool. Like the, the lyrics in that song are like you can't they're they're like uh, you can't really make them out. So it's like it makes you want to listen and listen and listen and listen again. And it's just basically like you know this dude gets abducted by aliens and finds out that he's like supposed to deliver this message to be the savior. Like the aliens are coming and they're disappointed. Maybe it's aliens. Maybe it's the angels. Who knows? Uh, (laughs) You know, who knows? You know, he has this experience and he has this message. He was given this message that he's supposed to bring back. But he said, fuck, I forgot my pen. (laughs) So now everybody's doomed. And he's like, how come I'm the savior? I didn't even graduate high school. (laughs) He's like talking about that kind of stuff. I mean, that's not him. He graduated high school. He went to West Point for fuck's sake. Like you don't go to West Point without graduating high school. Um, so going from there, there's a, the final song on that album is called right in two. That song is all about natural law. Uh, that from, from that song is all about natural law. It's all about the non-aggression principle and the, the self-defense principle. It's all about that stuff. Um, I did not realize that until uh, until Sean McCann was like teaching me about natural law a few years ago. He's like, "Look, man," and he's like, "This is about natural law." I'm like, "Okay," <laughs> and I started looking more into it, and it is, you know, it's about you know, hey, we fought, this the some of the lyrics are about like how we were granted free will, and this is what we choose, you know, we got we were granted thumbs. And we use it to forge a blade and strike our brother down, you know, like, uh, like you know, fighting over land, over air, over sea, over all of these things, you know, like we just cut it all right in two, right in two. It's about that duality. It's about division. 
It's about all of these things, you know, and how it should become one again. You know, the, the lesson is to become one again. That's interesting. Then 13 years pass and they come out with their final album called Fear Inoculum about fucking three months before this goddamn pandemic kicked off. <laughs> and it's funny that it came out a week after Carrie Mullis died. I don't know who, I don't know if you know who Carrie Mullis is. Uh, uh, Carrie Mullis is the, is the Nobel prize winning chemist that invented the PCR test that they've been using oh, to detect this in people. Like so the idea is that a lot of, a lot of fans of tool have had, and I'm not entirely in agreement to it, but I'm not entirely opposed to it either. But because of uh, because of their involvement in the record industry, because of Maynard's involvement at West Point and in the military, and we can go a little bit more into that based on his biography, I think Maynard is a Freemason, straight up. Um. Now, there's not a lot of evidence to substantiate that claim, but there is some interesting things. But then Danny Carey, you know, his Freemason background, his, his dealings in the occult with, you know, the, with the Lima, Aleister Crowley and all of that and all of that stuff, you know, it's not entirely out of the question to, to think that maybe they were given a tip or two. And, mm. you know, like, and that, that, you know, shots, like the, you know, the boop, boop, they were, they, that's, it's called an inoculation yeah. and it's their album is called fear inoculum. It comes out like after 13 years, it just drops like a few months before this bullshit kicks off. So, I mean, what's it all about? Like, is it an inoculation against fear or is, are you supposed to fear the inoculation? Those are a couple of good questions, Whoa. you know? Um, so, I mean, the lyrics and, 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 uh, and that album are new to me. So it, it's like still fresh. Remind you that the rest of the, the rest of these albums and the rest of these songs I have been listening to for decades. So, I mean, it, it, this newest album is still relatively fresh in my mind, so I can't really just pull up the lyrics at an, in, in my memory like some other songs. So Yeah, because you have to listen to it a thousand times already. Right. Um, <laughs> but I will say this. Out of, all of their, out of all of their albums, his lyrics are the clearest and most coherent out of all of them. Like, out of, out of all of them. So it's as if he's using his old age as a crutch, but also it's like, I am not going to let my fans mishear a single word because this message is important. And it touches on things like, like, are we really not awake yet? <laughs> like, that's like, are we really not awake yet? You know, like, really after everything, uh, like that's a very very big theme in this album uh, uh then then uh so before i mentioned that so so we'll go back we'll just jump right in to this song descending um this this song descending is probably so i w i really want to read the lyrics man i'm so i'm going to pull them up on my phone here so i can read them 
And mm -hmm. uh, because this song descending by tool is probably one of the, like it. So last time I said uh, that that song reflection was my favorite song. It still is. Uh, and, but this song is just absolutely beautiful. It's poetic and it really, uh, It, it really needs to be read. So, so the, the song opens up with this, with this, like almost like, um, soundscape of like waves crashing on the beach. And oh, then wow. It come, then it, uh, then it comes in with this melodic bass, uh, riff. And then the lyrics start and they go free fall through our midnight this epilogue of our own fable, heedless in our slumber, floating nescient, we free fall through this boundlessness, this madness of our own making. Falling isn't flying, floating isn't infinite. Come our end suddenly, all hail our lethargy concede suddenly to the quickened dissolution pray we mitigate the ruin calling all to arms in order drifting through this boundlessness this madness of our own making sound our dire revelry rouse all from our apathy lest we cease to be stir us from our wanton slumber mitigate our ruin Call us all to arms and order. Sound the dread alarm through the primal body. Sound the revelry to be or not to be. Rise, stay the grand finale. Stay the reading of our swan song and epilogue. One drive to stay alive. Elementary, muster every fiber. Mobilize, stay alive. Stir us from our wanton slumber. Mitigate our ruin. Call us all to arms and order. That's how this that's where the song ends. So that that callback to that word that word alive. Okay. Now we hear it again in this song. And it's and it's repeated to stay alive. And this song is called Descending. Uh these are some of the hardest hitting lyrics I've ever heard in a song in my entire life. Mm. Well, this one was pretty fucking deep. So at the beginning of this song, I really like going through this one. So at the beginning of this song, you hear, uh, you hear, you know, pray we mitigate the ruin call calling all to arms in order. So, and then it goes through the song and it says mitigate our ruin. So it goes from saying the ruin to our ruin. So it's almost like it, it's almost like in a way it's saying stop pointing the finger out, maybe start pointing the finger toward yourself. Mm. This ruin belongs to us. We're responsible for it. We need to fix it. So so you know rouse all from our apathy. So let's stop let's stop being apathetic. We got to start caring about things to fix this shit, and it, or lest we cease to be, and then sound this this is sound the dread alarm through the primal body so it's like what you what your instincts 
you know like we need to start going back to our 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 fucking basic like our fundamentals our principles the things that we know are are right and wrong that we're innately like just we inherit these things like this this primal feeling of of just right and wrong in the world and that's my inter that's me interpreting Mm -hmm. it i like i you know it sound the revelry which is like the like the the trumpets the to be or not to be so that's a famous you know that's from hamlet right from from shakespeare so later on in the album you uh, love shakespeare mm-hmm. so later on in the album that's why that's important to make a point about uh, because it's all about anchors and, and anchors and keys in my like a couple of things that i i like to call them anchors and keys through these lyrics through these songs where it's like you hear these phrases and stuff like that but you're so caught up in the music that maybe you forget about it and it's actually telling you like this is how you know to kind of uh place these ideas next to each other so later on in the album it makes sense but you know sound the reveille to be or not to be rise stay the grand finale stay the reading of our swan song and epilogue and it's like hold that it's like saying like keep that shit at bay right stay like the end needs to be held back like we're not done yet we're not done yet you know we need to get we need to get back up on our feet we need to continue fighting you know this song is about the fight it's about the it's about the spiritual war that we've been at for for hundreds of years as a a species and the the unrelenting attack from these dark satanic psychopaths that we had that we (laughs) that we come into contact with knowingly or unknowingly every single day of our lives Uh they're they're after our souls they want to capture our will and they want to they want to come for our souls and we need to do something about that um so there's one drive to stay alive it's elementary meaning like it's it's you already know this but that knowledge might have been you might have been forgotten you know and muster every fiber mobilize stay alive like it's just to me it's just it doesn't get much much better yeah than I like that. that stuff it's very yeah. interesting I really don't know, like, you know, uh, the lyrics like that are really much of their music. You know, especially the newest stuff, but it's very, uh, very deep shit, for sure. They're definitely trying to say something in their stuff. Man. Yeah, I mean, it's all about pattern recognition. Are, like, l- l- you know, maybe looking or thinking, you know. I it's mean, I, I could it. be one of those people, you know, where I'm, I'm looking for something and i'll find it you know what i mean oh yeah yeah but yeah i understand that but i, I definitely think there is a deeper underlying message to be understood in that shit for sure right that, that without a doubt <laughs> i mean look at the state of look at the state of like our culture look at the state of know. you know of the world look at where we are like as as a species like we destroy our environments we mistreat each other as humans we mistreat animals we're 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 a blithe on this planet and we couldn't we we could just as easily not be and still exist in the same way Mm -hmm. but we choose this dark path to go down for what it doesn't make any sense once you start looking at it from the idea that like it's like these 
relatively small groups of people that think that they're in control of others Mm -hmm. and then they want to bend your will to meet their desire you know to meet their needs and they have no right to do that i mean i I don't know no Uh, i totally agree with you it's just to me it seems like a lot of people get caught up in the trivialities of living a day-to-day life mix that in with an instant gratification mindset and you got what we have today Yo, you nailed it right there. For real. You couldn't have said that shit better. Um, Instant gratification. Yeah. Gimme, gimme, gimme. It's never enough. Me first and the gimme, gimme's is actually, I want to plug that (laughs) band real quick. (laughs) All right. Uh, That's an excellent punk rock. They do all covers. I'm not even joking. It's a band called Me First and the Gimme, Gimme's. Yeah, it's it's a great cover band <laughs> punk rock cover band nice they have a good time um but yeah i mean that song that song uh it, it saved this album for me so tool has this way of like it's like i said it's like a magical spell it's gonna wear it doesn't get you right away it's gotta work its magic and it's gonna get it it's gonna get in there you know like it I'm not even joking. Like the last two, you know, the last two albums, like for a while there, first listening to it, I'm just like, what is this? What is this crap? Like, this isn't the fight. No way. This is, this is not good. And then you go, wait a minute, you take a second look. And then you look again and maybe again and again, after a couple of times, you're like, Oh my God, this is beautiful. So that Shakespeare reference comes in with the song Tempest, which is a Shakespeare play, right? I, I I was told it's a Shakespeare play. In fact, there's it is it is a Shakespeare play, and um, yeah. Uh, so what is that? What is it? Enochian magic, right? Where like they summon summon beasts and spirits and whatnot. Uh, or is that um? You can use Enochian magic. I think you know. I've seen Enochian magic kind of like used to. I mean, even open a to evoke uh, Babylon. So, I mean, like, obviously you can use it for, I mean, some people say angels and demons, but I think you can use it for other, for spirits. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what that play is about. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Shakespeare wrote a play about, uh, about Enochian magic. I oh, believe. Shit. Huh. And it's called Tempest. Um, yeah, John D influenced stuff there. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And so Tool writes this song about a a, a tempest, a coming storm, you know, and uh, it's comes the storm. It's the final piece, you know, like that. It's the final song of off their final album. Oh, is it? Yeah, and uh, oh, they first letter is t and that's replaced with a seven um so that's like the whole numbers game again like i meant i mentioned that earlier yeah you did yeah yeah so i mean that's that's to me very interesting and and it's uh so the the play the the play is about the 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 spirit that's like making the storm happen i i tried to watch the movie 
So because mm. I haven't read the play, and I was like trying to watch the movie, and I fell asleep because I have two kids, and it's hard for me to stay up late. <laughs> so give me a break. But it's very interesting, and uh, you know. I, but that's, I mean, that that kind of concludes my my you know breakdown of of uh, the progression through the Tool albums. Oh, no, 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 that was awesome, dude. I mean, we're already going on an hour and forty minutes already. So holy fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of shit in here, man. I mean, we bullshitted too, but I thought that was great. I really had a, I was looking forward to this and I had a great fucking thought, dude. I was too. It's cool as shit, dude. It was just fucking kicking it about Tool and like, I don't know much, so this is all interesting for me. Right. So about this Freemason, about this Freemason stuff um, with Maynard, the lead singer. Let me find this. Uh, Okay, so I, I would like to I would like to read from the biography uh, of this because so here oh, wait, is that the one with his hand in his shirt anyway too on the front yeah cover? yeah, yeah the one with the the one with the hidden hand on the front yeah. cover okay so it tells the story of his of his uh, mother's family's background and. Then it goes on to tell the story of his father's family background. So Herbert Van Keenan had recently returned. Hold on, wait a minute. Yeah, so Herbert Van Keenan had recently returned from machine gun duty in St. Mihail and the Battle of uh, Mues Argonne. And his American roots ran deep. His father's ancestors had been among the first tide of Irish in the 1740s. And his mother was a descendant of Abraham Lemastre, a French Huguenot who had arrived in Maryland as an independent indentured carpenter in 1661. So this is his father's side of the family. Abraham's great-great-grandson, Benjamin, <clears throat> had served in not only the War of 1812, but during the Revolution as General George Washington's courier at Valley Forge. Oh, wow. And Benjamin's brother Joseph had been a part of the 13th Virginia Regiment at Brandywine in Germantown. So, the, <laughs> the family background of being in the military, okay, that's on his father's side. So the Keenan name goes all the way back. Seemingly, if I'm reading that correctly, it seems that the Keenan name goes all the way back to the American Revolution yeah. and that one of his relatives from back then served as the courier for George Washington. How much trust do you think a person would need to be the courier of yeah. George Washington, a known Freemason, and the first president of this country, the general of the American Revolution. You think they would hire just anybody to be a fucking courier for that dude? For real? And then this motherfucker shows up on the cover of his biography with the hand in his fucking jacket like that? That's a really good point. Yeah. Just saying. You know? And a, such a long lineage of military men that comes with 
you see that a lot. You see that a lot with people that are very heavily in uh, in these things or like lines of family. Uh, you'll see like a uh, military. I mean, even with uh, like, didn't like Jimi Hendrix and like uh, the guy Jim, from uh, Jim Morrison's father was an admiral in the Navy during the Gulf of Tonkin <laughs> incident that got us that you know that got us into deep shit. What was it like for v with Vietnam? Wasn't it? Yes. So, just saying, you know, uh, Dave Grohl's family has military backgrounds. Makes sense. Uh, you can find a you you can find a lot I, I believe you can find a lot about this if you want to learn more about the you know truth in music and stuff uh you can start reading the a, a musical truth series by mark devlin wicked cool dude from the uk he has done three volumes i have all three and it's incredible work and they're not they're not little books they're they're pretty big like this is volume two. Oh, okay. It's not bad. You know, and like so like the that's just volume two. This is volume one. You know. Well, so like the, uh, yeah. So and volume three just came out. You know, I don't mind I don't mind giving Mark Devlin a shout out and telling people to like to go and because like this stuff is it, people go get those books, PDF, whatever. Contact Mark, find go to djmarkdevlin.com. And you can you can contact him through there and, and figure out a way to get the books. And I've and, heard of uh, his name before, huh? I've heard of I've heard of this person before plenty of times. So yeah, he's good. He has a podcast too. It's called Good Vibrations, and it's it's really good. He talks yeah. about he talks you know about a bunch of cool cool stuff. You know, Sean's been on there and everything. He's been on that podcast. Maybe that's who I've heard of. So but in it, yeah. But I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's a bunch of stuff in music, you know, uh, and with like RCA being owned by the Navy, the patents on the radio owned by oh, the Navy. Oh, I had to go for that. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of things like that. You know. Um, yeah, he, yeah, I was. I didn't know any of that shit when I had him on. I was like, this is it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah, he's but. gonna be coming on the Occult Rejects to do something like that with the TV. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be good. Yeah, of course. Make sure you <laughs> make sure you ask him about all the 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 six companies that own all the television channels. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, they own all the fucking news channels and everything. Yeah, it's like only fucking six companies. Disney's right. one of them. Right, and all the uh, all the all the um, all the Rhodes scholars that are on television, and the people from the Council on Foreign Relations that own all these companies, and the That's Trilateral cool. Commission. And the Bilderberg Group, and all these different areas where you see these intertwining, you know, <laughs> these these intertwining strings attached. Yeah, you're, like a spider, you're like a spider web, dude. Oh yeah, it's a spider web, and we're all caught in it. Hooray! <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. Um, but yo, yo, I had a blast. You want to just wrap it up here? It's at an hour and forty-five minutes now. Sure thing, brother, man. Let's Yo, I had a really good time. Thank you. That was like awesome. Just fucking kicking it. And you really thought you had some great stuff, dude. Thank you. Really. Well, I hope this time around I was I was like hitting it more on the head. Oh, yeah. Know. For sure. For sure. It was totally different. But yeah. I mean, it, it was, uh, you know, hey, guys, give me a break. I mean, the last time <laughs> you don't know the, the circumstances of the last time, like we yeah. were probably a, a, as far as i mean it's 10 30 in the p.m right now we were probably an hour behind this last time and and i had been up for you know 
about 20 hours. So yeah, I, was like, I remember that. I was like, fuck, I wouldn't even have asked you. I felt yeah. better when I spoke to you. I was like, oh, dude. Nah, some things can't wait. Some things can't wait. It's, it's fine. But, you know, hey, everyone makes mistakes. We just got to be able to. Really... Right, my man. So, yeah. Definitely. And uh, we'll definitely, I mean, I'll have you on for something else, too. Or, oh, yeah, we'll figure we'll it out. More tool, whatever. Yeah, definitely, man. So let everybody uh, let everybody know where they can find you and, and plug your live thing that you've been doing. Again. Okay, so um, I do a live stream each Saturday night uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You find it on at odyssey.com. Uh, my channel is called A Hitchhiker's Guide to Truth, uh, as is the whole show is called A Hitchhiker's Guide to Truth. Yeah, um, find it anywhere you get your podcasts. To get the best experience of the show, definitely check it out uh, on the replay. To get even the the best, best, best experience of the show, come check it out live, even just for a few minutes. You know, you can join the Discord, chat with me. Uh, I enjoy speaking to people, so if you have something that you want to talk about, that you want people to have an open mind to, where it's not some highly divisive topic or something that's super political, because I consider myself somewhat of an anarchist. And I'm tired of trying to be a bleeding heart for people that just have stupid ideas. But <laughs> at the same time, I do have an open mind to some of these things. You know, if you know about anarchy, if you know about natural law, if you know about the occult, you know, you know about these things, you like talking about music the same way I do, come reach out to me and, and maybe we can have a chat. It's, it's perfectly cool. We can figure it out. You know, uh, my name is James Cordiner. Uh, Patriot, I really appreciate you having me here. You know, it's, oh, thank it's you. Super dude. cool. This one was, yeah, it was really. It was a I'm trying to think if I, uh, I have one T-shirt for sale. <laughs> oh, there you go. It's at storefrontier.com forward slash hitchhiker's guide. There you go. Okay, I got one T-shirt for sale. It's Yo, an original. My Discord, man. All right, I will. Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. I, yeah. I don't like stepping on toes. I always feel oh, kind no, of no, socially I, awkward a little bit, you know. No, no, no. That's I mean, cool, man. Thank you. Fucking Sean. So I mean, well, know, thanks. It doesn't make a difference to me. And I was even going to say, uh, you know, I do have a, a Discord channel. I did also tell James to tag people to let them know in my channel uh, when he's going live. So if you're in my Discord channel, you will know when he's going live. He will let you all know. Yeah, for sure. So yep, um, I think that I think that's just about. Oh, awesome, my, I got a website. Yeah, free. Oh, your, yeah, freeyourmindne.com. Freeyourmindne like New England. dot com. Nice, all Very one nice. word. So go check that out there. Some you know, it's all it's just my own thing. So it's, right. it's fun. I'll put all these links too in the in the bottom of the show notes, so people can. Go you do that. that. I got you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, please. Uh, if you like this, please like, subscribe, uh, pass it on, share it. Uh, go check out his stuff, uh, some great work, and check out his lives when he goes on. And uh, thank you very much, man, for coming on. You, I really had a great time. You know. Thank Me you. too. Yeah, this Me was too. cool shit. Just got fucking stoned, hung out, and uh, there's some deep shit, you know. And it's just very interesting to even try to wonder. I don't know what. What way we're seeing it in itself, you know what I'm saying? Is this like internalized, you know, just so many different angles to look at what's being said, 
you know, sometimes I think even if you try to maybe look into that stuff and figure it out, you might see how it can almost be within yourself as well. I don't know how to, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe you yeah. could see how this is mirror imaging things that you've gone through as well. Mm -hmm. you know? So it's just very interesting. And I, and I think it was just, uh, it was a good episode just to like, it was, it was very deep. I thought, <laughs> thank you. Well, yeah, you're welcome. Music is a tool. No yeah. pun intended on the name of the band, but music is a tool and it's there for our growth and development and it should be looked at subjectively. Yeah, no, it I definitely, agree it definitely should be, but it is intriguing to see what some of these lyrics and some of these things that these bands and artists or whatever, what they're pushing, what you're really hearing. It's intriguing yeah, it's just... to try to find that out because if it's a load of shit, then maybe you shouldn't listen to it. That, that's I think that's what I'm getting at is that I I think it's just a good just bringing up what's being said and just saying maybe it's this maybe it's that maybe it's this don't always look at everything for one way based mm -hmm. up you know exactly. many deeper levels and maybe you can learn something about yourself there's not just left and right there's <laughs> forward backwards up and down there's many yes. directions to go in so don't get pitted in some you know corner somewhere where you're somebody else's victim you know very well said very it, well it's said. it's i don't know i i always like to leave on a positive note even through all the doom and gloom and sad stuff from time to time like where it's like oh the world's shitty and crazy and what what do we do well what do we do we we just treat each other kind with kindness and respect and with a little bit of fucking empathy i think we'll get through all this uh and arm yourself to the teeth in case those other three things don't work <laughs> i love that though that's a great way to end it so yeah so uh yeah go check out his show and his, his notes will be in the bottom and uh, the discord and the occult rejects all that stuff will be in the show notes and um i thank you again man for coming on that was a great time and until the next one everybody be uh be well <laughs>